This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is May 3rd, 2021. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what's going on, man? I, uh, I'm great, you know, um, you know, just coming down to the end of basketball season for the Magic. Only a couple weeks here left. Uh, first, Jonathan, I wanted to, to get your take on something, okay? This is, this is not basketball related. Um, it's just one of those things, right? I'm, I'm eating dinner. Uh, I have a buddy, uh, Eric Fawcett that I, that we've had on the show before. Um, I text him random things about food. He loves, loves food just like you do. Uh, but he's a big vegetable guy. So I text him. I was like, Hey, what's your thought on asparagus? I'm eating asparagus tonight. And he said, Mount Rushmore. Oh, he said, absolutely. It is, it is, it is Mount Rushmore. Uh, and I didn't know there's a lot of things, Brussels sprouts. I didn't know Brussels sprouts were actually good. So I tried them for the first time, like two months ago. Um, balsamic vinegar on those bad boys redeems everything. Uh, and then asparagus. I mean, I knew that I've been eating asparagus, you know, since I was younger, I didn't appreciate it as much when I was younger. That being said, I wanted to ask you real quick, your four or your Mount Rushmore of vegetables. And, and, and to give you an idea, I'll, I'll go ahead and start. Um, I'm going Brussels sprouts. I'm going broccoli, uh, mushrooms, and I think I, I'm putting asparagus there at the end there. So it, what you you have a four there? All right. So asparagus is absolutely fire. The way that Carmen does it, my wife is she usually uh, puts it in like a on a baking sheet with like olive oil and and garlic and sometimes right. Parmesan cheese, like great uh, like a uh, you know grated Parmesan cheese mm-hmm. and like the tops need to be like a little bit burnt a little bit crunchy i don't mess right. with that like wilted stuff. stuff like i, I need a little yeah. bit of crispiness with the asparagus i don't like it to be too um we're, we're starting off hot here but to, for lack of a better term girthy i don't like mm. my asparagus to have too much girth yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but right after asparagus bro i'm going potatoes because of the versatility you can yeah. do anything you want with a potato think about it I, you got Baked yeah. potato, you got the mashed potato, you got the French fry. Sweet potato. Well, I mean, yeah, but you, you got to go one or the other. Like, I'm not eating mashed sweet potatoes, I don't think. I'm, I'm putting sweet. Most of the I'm putting, time. I'm putting. If you I had to have one potato man. for the rest of your life, are you going just regular well, Idaho if I can make style? If, if, or if I can make them sweet into potato? fries, like waffle fries and, and whatever, like, yes. Potato, you're right. Potato's really great. I do love potatoes. And in terms of versatility, that is big for some people. I know that's big for Eric. Um, versatility is a big thing, which is why Eric had an onion actually on his on his list, which I get because you put onion in everything. It's there's, true. There's even onion freaking powder. So like, and that's used for a lot of things. So yeah, I, I, maybe I would slide potatoes in there. I really need to. Um, my wife is signaling that she texted me. She said, "Isn't sweet potato a starch?" I don't. But it's not it's a vegetable. Technically, a vegetable. It's a vegetable, though, right? It, I don't that, know. I'm, I don't know. Should, we'll have she's to, making me think too late at night here. We'll have to revise this later on. But there's no shot that it's not a, a vegetable, right? I'm going. I mean, yeah. I, is potato not a vegetable? Like a potato in general? 
Luke's getting some off air. He he's what? he's he's calling it in. He's using his his one uh his one phone uh, line. Here. They don't. What? It's because it mainly contributes starch to your diet. It's not count. It doesn't count towards your five a day. I don't even know what that is, but I'm it's a vegetable. People are, for, people are for discounting the, vegetables. For, uh, I mean, for the that sake is a of vegetable. The podcast, we're calling I, it. A, we're definitely calling it a vegetable because corn's Absolutely. a vegetable, right? Yes, I was about even to say corn is number three for me because you can go just regular, like you know, canned corn, whatever. I'm not picky when it comes to stuff like that. But you also right. got corn on the cob. Outside of that, hmm. Next, I might go. Uh, I don't know. I real. I'm a broccoli guy. I really enjoy I broccoli. broccoli. You could like you do broccoli and cheese. Yeah. Um. Hmm. But then lettuce is also very versatile. Like you can put it on lettuce. things. You can have a whole salad with it. Like you can literally just eat salad as a meal. Man, I I will say going lettuce. into this, I really underrated vegetables as a whole because I I didn't really think about the things like lettuce and potatoes. I don't care what anybody says. Potatoes or vegetables. Um. And. Yeah, I mean, man, wow. Vegetables, this is a very diverse universe. I thought, like, fruits was, like, way above it, but the more I think about vegetables, man, they... Yeah, I definitely, to, if, I've got to take, if I've got to take one or the other for the rest of my life, I'm definitely taking vegetables. I've got to say. Yeah, you eat it more. Like, we've got apples and pears in our fruit basket, and I just, like, I ate a pear last night, but I'm not touching the apples, I don't think. Apples are fire. Pears are very underrated. I hadn't never had a pear until a few years ago, and I was really? like, "No, pears are really good, but they have to be surprised. ripe. Like they've got to be ripe. They're uh, a lot of fruits. It's like obviously, like if they're you know bananas, if they're not ripe enough for me. Some people like green bananas. I don't get it. That's um, no, that's not. That's no. very weird. Um. We're so yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I. Yeah. Wow. Fruits versus vegetables. We're off to a hot start here. Well, we started off the show with a bang, and we're really just going to continue because mm-hmm. over the last year or so that I, I've come to, to know, and, and I would say love Luke for the most part. There's a lot of things that we have in common, but there are other things where we're just like the complete opposite end of the spectrum, and neither of us will budge. Like there are just certain things. <laughs> like we've talked about like Chips Ahoy. You're the chewy kind of guy. I'm the yeah. original. I like a little bit of crunch. Yeah, you hate budging. oatmeal raisin cookies, which is just, true. I just don't understand that. But it's come down to a particular single by an Orlando Magic rookie forward by the name of Anomalous. Okay? Mm. I I have put it on our Instagram story a million times. I've quoted it from the Twitter, everything like that. I am under the impression that Anomalous, not winning any Grammys, but Anomalous is a bop. If you're at the beach, if you're at the pool, you're at a party or whatever, Anomalous comes on, you can't help but start to hit the shoulders. You know what I'm saying? And Luke, Luke just give your opinion to the folks. I've tried to protect Luke from this. I, I told him, don't go public with this information. No, no, don't no go by the way, opinion, no, no, don't let him do this. Do not let him do this. Don't say he's, oh, I've been trying to protect him. Guess who didn't even know this was being covered on the show today? He is not trying to protect me, you guys. You said you would go public with it. I so would. I, I, I said it, but don't are. say you're trying to protect me because you're not. We're, we're here, and we're okay. going to have the conversation. So right. I apologize. So, I thought you saying I will go public with it, I I thought that was your cue that you wanted to discuss Listen, it I'm, I'm like Cole Anthony. I'm never scared of the moment. I'll do okay. it. Okay. Okay. All right? So I, I don't want you to take that. I'm not trying to blow up your spot. I legitimately thought you wanted to have this conversation now. No, 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 no. But but just know 
that that you're making it clear that you are reaching out to Chuma when he needs to be a guest on the show after what I'm about to say about a Oh yeah, absolutely. If yes. he ever you ever caught wind yeah. of this, that it's over. Um, so I just don't think it's good. I don't. I, I don't think it's good. Um, it, it's in there with like, it's a meme. I think for Magic oh my fans. God. Um, it's very memey. It's a lot like Mo Bamba, um, by Sheck West. Uh, in terms of, I think that it fizzles out. You don't really hear people talk about it anymore. You are losing um, your credibility with white folks everywhere. I've got to tell you that with right white now. White folks, disrespecting Sheck exactly. Sheck <laughs> West's Mo Bamba. Mm-hmm. You will not be invited to any of the country club <laughs> gatherings this summer. Yeah, that is. This probably is white people's like favorite rap song, huh? At least it was for a little bit. Um. But no, yeah, I, it's okay. fine. Let me ask but you it's something. Not, You're somewhere like and you hear the. You don't start to get a little no. bit of hype, not even a little bit. I don't. I probably laugh because oh I'm like, gosh. it's Chuma. Like, I, I love Chuma. So don't get me wrong. I like, don't get it twisted. It's not that I dislike Chuma uh, as an artist. I haven't really dabbled into much of his stuff. Um, and it's not that I dislike him as a basketball player. I just don't care for the song. I think that it's kind of. It's hyped up because it's Magic fans. It's like, oh, look what our like sweet player did. He, he wrote a song, and we're we're playing it, and we're supporting him. And I get it. It's funny. The Magic uh, collage video of all of them dancing to Anomalous is funny. I will give of it that. Of course it is. It's hilarious, but, but it's very meme and that's what what's that your, is. What's your favorite clip of that video? I think it's Cole kind of shuffling, shuffling, like, shuffling in bend. place with his yes, arms dude, like either moving. Either that or, um, or RJ. Shuffling yeah. his feet in the hotel room, yeah, yeah. incredible, yeah. I, hilarious. It, but but it does kind of go to my point that like it, it is kind of memey, um, and will continue to be used like that. I think by Magic fans, and it should. I mean, it, he's not Chuma's not a guy trying to make a living as an artist, um, which, which you know, I, I'm glad that he plays basketball, um, but but yeah. So I just don't I don't care for the song, um. And that's really all there is to it. I just there's there's a there's I'm gonna leave that to people who you know do it for a living. So you know, I will say this: I don't think it is a meme. I I do think people just take Chuma and like the the young guys like all of these guys are so much fun now that any opportunity you get to meme with them, they yeah. do it. Like it started with Chuma with the sunglasses photo, like back at his right. day at Auburn, right? But I really don't think the Magic would be using that song to put out videos if they didn't think at least the chorus of that song was good, was catchy. So this is where I want to go with this conversation now. I want like your hip-hop head analysis of the song. And I'll give you mine. I'll give you mine first. So the verses are not incredible. I'm not mm-hmm. claiming that he's some type of amazing lyricist or anything like that. I think the verses themselves are okay, but because I was just a little bit curious <laughs> on how the world treats a meal. Yeah, that is so catchy, and it is a good hook. And the hardest part, in my opinion, of creating a good song like that, a song that's catchy, is creating the hook because it doesn't matter how good the verses are. If you don't have a good hook, people are going to be like, oh, your verse was dope, but the song really isn't that great. The hook is what makes everything, and the hook of that song is very catchy, and the hook is a bop. That's where... Like when I'm in the car, like yeah, I'm listening to the verses or whatever. But when the when the hook hits, that's when I'm hitting the shoulders. How how okay? many times have you listened to this in your car? I listen to it 
right after our conversation yesterday, of course, or two days ago, whenever that was, at that time I listened to that song back to back. My wife and I actually liked the song. She actually liked it before I did. I was like, "Eh, I'm not really sure because, again, the verses are not incredible. But the more that you listen to it and you hear that hook, the catchier it is, Big Chuma, baby, just getting that stuck in your head, okay? I've probably li- – I you say that song is not on your playlist. That song is on my playlist. Like, of the songs that I listen to on a regular basis over the last couple of weeks, Anomalous is absolutely on that, 100%. So I want your analysis of the song. It's not in my playlist, spoiler alert. I, um. I understand that. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I – the the hook yes the hook is is catchy it we're has, done here it it's catchy the hook Jonathan not That's the other what it's all about two minutes of it I said that I don't yeah but but I don't want I don't want I don't listen to a song to just get to the hook like there there are verses that are good they are clever I I I respect what Chuma is doing and the fact that he is just doing it as a hobby he he knows it's not his job um but like. If we're put, I mean, like my my playlist is just artists, and it, it's not it's not it's not big chum. I'm sorry, and uh, yeah, I mean the 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 hook is catchy, but I'm not. I don't listen to songs just for the hook. Those are Mimi songs, the ones where you just listen to the hook. Mobamba hook, like here is hoping that Chuma never listens to the podcast and never hears this specific <laughs> yeah. episode in this specific conversation. He would not be happy. Luke. At I've least got I'm to, not, I've got to tell you. At that. least, at, at least I'm not saying I don't like his basketball talent because I do enjoy that, and I'm you would glad just be a hater in the magic. Point. Oh yes, um, you know, anomalous is funny. It is Mimi, unreal. And that's where I ended. All right, folks, we're moving on really quickly. Luke, uh, give me your NFL draft takeaways. We can talk really briefly because Chuma is without a doubt a better rapper than Young Joka, aka Kadarius oh, Tony formerly of the Florida Gators and now of my New York Giants that they took at 20. Super happy about that myself. Uh, but you, Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Tony, Kyle Trask, I know those were your big interests in the draft. What did you think of th- where they went and, and, and their situations and everything like that? Yeah, I mean, honestly, as a Gator fan, you really couldn't have asked for better. Kyle Pitts goes um, the, the highest drafted tight end ever. Um, and obviously very skilled, and that proves it. Um, Kadarius Tony goes a little sooner than I thought he would, only by like a few picks, though. I think like an over under for what pick he'd be was like set at thirty one and a half. Um, so he went a little bit under what I thought. Um, you know, earlier than I thought he'd go. I don't mind the Giants. Him going to the Giants. I've got you know you and my buddy Brandon that are both huge Giants fans. Um, and I love that, that, you know, I always love when there's somebody from college that goes to, whether it's an NFL team or an NBA team that I can root for because he's a Gator that a buddy of mine also roots for the team in general. Um, it's always just a lot of fun and it's fun because now, you know, my friends that don't necessarily care about college football, you know, are, are hitting me up like, Hey, what do you know about Kadarius? Um, and what I know about Kadarius is he's electric. He's a playmaker. Um, he, he, he's not huge by any means. But, I mean, he's just very um, quick, 
and can get in and out of places. He chooses his spots on the football field. Um, he, he knows what he's going to do. Um, and also he has a big, uh, you know, he, he does things kind of on a whim. Some of his, his, his moves that he pulls, um, you know, he, he doesn't really think of ahead of time right there, right? Like he's just very quick thinking. Um, he's a really talented player. I hope that he is a guy that is in the NFL for a very long time. Um, that being said, wouldn't surprise me if he's not. Um, it's just kind of one of those guys that he has to be in the right situation. And I hope that New York is the right situation and they will utilize him on, you know, jet sweep type plays um, and, and things like that. He also didn't drop a pass last year. So there's that. Um, and he was one of the, you know, Gators biggest, you know, leading, leading receivers and targets, uh, one of them. So, um, so yeah, that was good. And then Kyle Trask. I mean, you look at Kyle Trask uh, being in, in Tampa Bay, there's no better situation for Kyle Trask. Um, he, he loves Florida, the state of Florida. He's from Manville, Texas, but, uh, but has grown to love Florida. His girlfriend um, uh, is a softball player for the University of Florida. So I know that, that they were happy about, you know, his, his girlfriend was saying, when I saw the 813 area code getting a call to, to Kyle's phone, I freaked out. And she did in the video. You can watch the, the video of when he gets the call. And she spazzes out before he even picks up because she sees it's 813. And she knew that was Tampa. So, um, so just really cool moments also in the draft like that. I mean, those are my favorite when you get to see kind of the, 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 the players and their most vulnerable, uh, but also at their, the peak of their joy. And it's really cool because dreams are being made, you know, coming true. And uh, for a lot of the, the Gator players, I mean, a lot of their dreams did come true, whether it was through the draft or getting signed afterwards. So I know Trevon Grimes, um, who was an Ohio State wide receiver, then went to Florida, did really well for Florida last year. Um, really impressive. We got signed and picked up um, after the draft. So, uh, yeah, I mean, NFL draft is always a good time. First round's my favorite, but always keeping up with where the Gators go um, is, is pretty cool. Yeah, I was excited about the Kadarius Tony pick. Uh, the Giants originally were at 11th and then traded back. We got an additional first round pick from the Bears for next year. So I'm hoping the Bears suck again this year. Just one more year, Bears fans. No offense. Just want a high draft pick next year. But, you know, I'm excited about Kadarius Tony. A lot of people made a big deal about the play that he had against South Carolina where he broke like five tackles and then just continues to run into the end zone. But just yeah. watching highlights, one of the plays that stuck out the most to me was a play against Vanderbilt, I believe it was, mm -hmm. where he just made so many guys miss like yeah. almost got tackled on the backfield and, and made a few other guys miss and then you know, ran for a touchdown outside of Saquon Barkley. That's something the magic, not the, Oh my gosh, the magic, the giants have not had for yeah. quite a few years now since trading Odell Beckham. And I'm hope Kadarius Tony isn't going to be Odell Beckham, but the good news is Jason Garrett does like to run a lot of jet sweeps. So I think yeah. that played into their decision to draft Tony. So right. it'll be, it'll be exciting and, to watch him and, and we'll be yeah. able to talk about and, that through the season. And, and the last thing that I'll add is uh, a few years ago, uh, one of the Gator basketball managers, um, not my good friend Ryan, but somebody else was talking to me um, who had some buddies in that, you know, worked for football at Florida. And they said uh, a few years ago, before anybody knew who Kadarius Tony was, they said, when this guy gets in the open field, it's over. Like nobody's getting him. Nobody, he's slippery. He's making those moves, like he's making moves. Um, and it came to fruition. I mean, we saw it once he established his route running. Um, really good player. Should be exciting, kind of pretty electrifying. Uh, I mean, I'm glad he's with the Giants. I'm glad to, I'll be happy to see kind of him and uh, Saquon get to feed off each other this year. Go Big Blue.
All right, let's get into the weekly state of the magic. That's what most of you have come to listen. Now you've heard 20 minutes of us talk about vegetables and Chuma Okiki's song in the in the New York Giants. So let's get into the weekly state of the Magic. The Magic went two and two this week to bring their record to twenty and forty-four. Orlando has the fourth worst record in the league and sits at uh, just half game ahead of Minnesota. If the draft lottery were held tonight, the Magic would have a forty-eight point one percent chance of ending up in the top four and a twelve point five percent chance of receiving the number one pick overall. We're going to talk game recaps a little bit later on, kind of where the Magic, um, as far as like standings go and everything that has happened the last couple of days. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to go ahead. Uh, I'll share my screen here for those of you that are watching on YouTube and Luke. Share a screen. We're going to go ahead and do one Tankathon NBA Draft Lottery Simulator. I will get my helmet. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Make sure he knows it's a requirement. Luke, yeah, Luke does not let me not wear the helmet so it's true. here we are again so again uh before we go ahead and do this luke can you see this yeah yeah i gotcha all right orlando sitting at fourth again 48 one 48.1 percent chance of the top four 12.5 percent chance of number one overall chicago right now is sitting uh, at seventh if the uh, season were to end today at 26 and 38 they have a 29.3 percent chance of ending up in the top four and a 6.8% chance of ending up number one overall. We're going to sim the lottery. The rules are you sim it once. If not, you don't share it with anyone else. Here we go. And this is an absolute worst-case scenario for the Orlando Magic. Uh, they ended up seventh, and Chicago ended up ninth, with Houston, Sacramento, and Oklahoma City jumping the Magic and ending up in the top four. So when people start complaining about the, the Magic winning games and – lottery odds and everything like that that's why because that is your absolute worst case scenario yeah that that's not great um but here's where i stand in terms of um you know the magic winning games losing games i think uh, there you know let's say the magic lose they they have a top three worst record they have the best chance to get the number one pick right the Magic get, like, the number four, five pick. And people will just chalk it up to, that's just the Magic's luck, man. That's just, that's all it is. You know, it just, it sucks. It stinks, you know, that we're this low. And then it's like, if they have, like, the record they've got now, or, what you know, right outside the top three even, like, it, I just feel like there's going to be complaining like you, we can chalk it up to whatever. Let's say the Magic did have a top three worst record and they don't get the number one pick. They don't get the number two. They don't get number three. There's there's always going to be complaining. So at this point, I'm just kind of like, let our young guys do their thing. Last night's game was incredible. I don't care what anybody says. Um, showed a lot of fight. You know, whereas the Magic were letting people back in games, the Magic fought their way back into a game last night with that same core. Um, Cole Anthony is just I mean, he's incredible. If 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 he can, and we'll talk about Cole more. Um, but but if he his efficiency has been a big huge talk. But if he has a game like last night, obviously those aren't going to be every night. But but if the possibility of those games happening more often happen, I don't really care kind of what his field goal percentage is. Would I prefer it be higher? Sure. But if you you can't replace a clutch gene, like you can't teach that. And he's got a clutch gene. He's not scared of the moment. Um, and 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 so yeah, I I think that you just kind of have to 
you know, take it as you can. You can't control any of this. So just enjoy the wins where the young guys get it, you know, where the young guys take you there. I understand, you know, being mad if like Dwayne Bacon hit the game winner last night and, and Cole didn't have a career high. RJ didn't have a career high. Mo Wagner didn't score his season high and got to be close to his career high. So, um, yeah, I, that's kind of where I stand in terms of the tank. I get it. People getting mad. That does ruin chances a little bit. Um, but, you know, kind of everything's got to run its course. That's just also my personality, though. All right, some quick magic news. Steve Clifford remains in the league health and safety protocol after testing positive for COVID uh, a week ago Saturday. Coach Cliff is in good health with no symptoms. He's been out just over a week now. The Magic are 2-4 and four with active head coach Tyrone Corbin. Sunday, the Magic signed forward Ignas Bradzikas to a 10-day contract. They released Dante Hall to make room for Bradzikas. This, in my opinion, Luke, is a tank move, and I will tell you why. Bradzikas was drafted last season by the Knicks with the 47th pick in the draft. He now comes to the Magic with career averages of 1.4 points, 0.6 rebounds, 0.4 assists, 23.1% field goal shooting, shooting 10% from three for his career. So, yeah, the Magic probably needed forward depth, right? Dante Hall's, you know, second 10-day contract was expiring, so they, rather than sign him for the rest of the season, decided to release him and sign Bradzikas. Mm -hmm. But Bradzikas is not good by any stretch of the imagination. I think his career high is like eight points. This season, I think his his season high is four points, if I'm not mistaken. So, I really like Dante Hall. machine, baby. Dude, that's that's what this is in my opinion, and we'll talk more about whether or not the Magic should like and tank, 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 and make some other decisions. But this is a tank decision in my opinion. And and for those of you familiar or not familiar, wanting to know and get familiar with the pronunciation of this young man, uh, Basketball Reference has the phonetic spelling as Ignis Brusdakis. So it's 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 Brusdakis. So there, so Ignis Brusdakis. Whatever. Anyway, got that out of the way. Tank Commander Isnis, number one. <laughs> Isnis, yeah, yeah. Tank Commander number one. Isnis, Ignis Brusdakis. That's a that's hard. Um, yeah. I I mean, there's no denying. I mean, dude, he shoots twenty three percent from the field on his career. Ten percent. Granted, three. it's only fourteen games. Dude, dude that's, makes Ken Burch look like terrible. a sharpshooter. But don't worry, because he shoots. 85% from the line on uh, <laughs> on on not a lot of free throws. 0.1 attempts a point, game, I'm point guessing. 0.4. Point f- point so, there you go. Gets to the free fun. throw line once um, every other game. Yeah, so that, that's, that's who I want on my team. Yeah, so anybody, like, you can't be mad about this. Oh, Dante Hall, I really liked him. But, and then be a, like, man, I want the Magic to lose every single game. There's no reason not to. You should love this pickup. Yeah. You should love it. You should and hope you should, this guy should starts go to bed over every Cole night Anthony. with Ignis Brasdakis in your head every night. Go Poster to sleep on your, your wall. Because you love him that much. This is this is a, a, a tanking god is what just stepped in the building in Orlando. So. Yeah. Luke, injury report. Get familiar. Oh, injury report here, guys. Uh, auto reporter, auto auto reporter. Sheesh. Um, auto Porter remains out with that foot injury. Again, only three games he's appeared in. 
kind of bummed about that, but whatever. Um, if yeah, whatever. Uh, MCW remains out. Missed the last nine games. Um, James Ennis played two games this week, but missed Saturdays. Um, still has that calf issue. T. Ross remains out with back back spasms. Uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Chuma Okiki rolled his ankle Wednesday against Cleveland. Has missed the past two games. He is now in a walking boot and has no timetable of a return. I mean, guys, there's this is no coincidence. You let Dante Hall walk. You get Ignis Brasdakis, and th- there's just no coincidences here, guys. There's only two weeks left in the season. We got Terrence Ross out with back spasms, which Jonathan jokingly noted. His back seemed all right the other night when he jumped up and down. Uh, and Jonathan knows what it's like with back spasms and and back problems. So, um, I and 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 Chuma and a walking boot. I'm just so suspicious of everything. I've been suspicious since like January of of every type of little injury that happens and whatever. The front office, don't worry, guys. They're coming to the rescue. I'd be surprised if Magic win three more games this year. So we'll see. Well, we better hope that they don't, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The the ankle roll of Chuma seemed pretty serious. Like, he couldn't really run on it at all immediately after. And sometimes you're able to, like, run those things off, and then later on it'll start to tighten up on you. But the fact that he's in a walking boot, to me, thinks it's serious. Like, if they were just holding him out with a sore ankle or an ankle sprain or whatever, then maybe. Right. But the fact that he's in a walking boot, like, that's pretty significant. I, I don't know that that's a tank move. The Terrence thing to me is is just definitely a tank move. Missed seven games now, and you're talking about the Lakers game earlier this week. Chuma Okiki dunks all over Andre Drummond, and Terrence Ross just jumps up right off of the bench. And I tweeted it out, and everyone's responding to me like, bro, shut your mouth. Be quiet. Like, we're trying to tank here. So I think everybody is is pretty much caught on to that. Now, Terrence, you know, he's responded to some people on social media talking about the, the back injury, and he's saying he's wearing a back brace. So... I mean, I've been there, done that. I know how serious and how fickle back injuries can be, so I hope that he's okay, but it does feel like the team is tanking here. So just to quickly recap uh, the games for this week. So you had the loss Monday at home versus the Lakers, 114-103, which we recapped on the last episode. Then you have a win Wednesday at Cleveland, 109-104. to You have a loss Friday at Memphis, just 92-75, to just got their butts kicked. And the win Saturday at home versus Memphis, a 112-111 to win on a game-winning three from Cole Anthony with 0.1 seconds left. So, Luke, that's where we're going to take the conversation now. So, first of all, give me your thoughts on the game winner last night and then how you compare it to the game winner that he hit in Minnesota, the post-game interview, and then just kind of what you think of Cole Anthony so far. Um. Yeah, so... Last night's shot that was a that's a that's a tough shot. That is a tough shot to to be to be shooting off the dribble, fading to your left. I mean, your non-dominant hand, right? Like you're non-dominant. You're not really getting a lot of like leverage, in my opinion. Um, and shooting over Kyle Anderson, of which Cole said in his post-game interview, which is a whole other hilarious part of the story, but. You know, oh, I saw, you know, I knew whoever was on an island, like it's over. I saw I had Kyle Anderson on me, basically said barbecue chicken. Uh, and, and that's what he did. And, and then, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. Cole Anthony, man, he he's incredible. He he's electric is how I describe him. He's electric in every sense of the word. Like on the court, off court, incredible. That being said, game winner in Minnesota is better. But but the true winner to me is that we've got a rookie who has already two game winners. I mean, it, he's he's pretty he's pretty incredible. He's clutch. You like I said, you can't you can't coach clutch. Like the mind's a mindset thing, and he he just has the mindset. So, um, so yeah, I, I think last night was awesome because it was a comfort from, from behind and all that stuff. But, um, you know, that Minnesota game, that game winner being his first too, I think that's a big reason why I think that I like that one more. Um, but last night's was, was equally dirty. Like, I mean, that's, they're, they're both incredibly tough shots. So, so as we get closer down the stretch here, we've talked for so long now, it feels like about rooting for this team and wanting them to win and wanting them to be competitive, but also seeing the bigger picture and understanding how important losses are. Last night, Dylan Brooks hit that shot with seven seconds left to put the Grizzlies up two, and I'm like, we might we might escape here with a loss. Like, you've got Minnesota still, Detroit, Cleveland now, Oklahoma City all breathing down your necks. We're now, there's eight games left at this point. Every game is so important. I was I was hoping I was hoping that we lo- were going to lose last night. And Cole hits that shot, and immediately, like you're super excited because he hits the game winner, and it was a great play again. Like you said, going to his left. But then at the same time, you're like, oh my gosh, we needed to lose this game. And then it makes the yeah. game against Detroit, which is going to be tomorrow or Monday the day that everyone's listening to this episode, it makes it so important because we're right there with Detroit. Whoever wins this game is going to hold the tiebreaker because earlier in the season we played them on like a Tuesday and Wednesday or a Tuesday, Thursday. They won one, we won one. So it's one-to-one. This is going to be the final matchup of the season. So it's super important. But going back, just breaking down the game winners by themselves, this was like more of, Okay, you've got the ball with seven seconds left. Like You have a real chance to get a good look here and either force overtime or win the game. The game winner in Minnesota with Jarrett Vanderbilt going to the line with four seconds left, them up two, it's like he makes one. Yeah. The best that you're hoping for is overtime. If he makes two, the game's over. The guy misses two. It ends up in Cole's hands. And then as tough as the shot that he hit last night was, the shot that he hit in Minnesota, like, at a full sprint, you know, going to his right on like the wing and and knocking that down was just incredible. And that two weeks before that, Markel tears his ACL, so we just needed anything at that point to kind of lift us up. Where now we're kind of at the point where like we know the season's over and it doesn't really mean anything that we win games. It doesn't. It's kind of a meaningless game at this point being how the Magic were officially eliminated from playoff contention with the loss Friday night to the Grizzlies. It just it didn't get the juices flowing for me as much as the Minnesota game winner. That being said, the career-high 26 points. We'll talk about what Cole Anthony has been doing the last 10 games or so. The fact that you have a guy that can do that, that wants the shot, who does that and then is walking up and down the court like talking his mess like, this is my ish. I was born for this. Mm-hmm. I'm bred for this. Like that type of personality is something that the Magic have desperately needed, in my opinion, the last 
10 years. Like we have not had like a true alpha in such a long time that if Cole can bring that and be a leader on this team, it's really, really huge. But awesome shot. Again, they were down by like 15 at one point last night. Come all the way back. Young guys played really, really well. RJ Hampton, you mentioned Mo Wagner, which I guess they're calling him Vic because they already have another Mo on the team. And then the post-game yeah, conference. Yeah, the post-game, him getting hit with chocolate milk from Markel in the locker room, which is just like the funniest thing ever to me, that Markel was like, nah, I'm not going to give this guy water. I'm going to hit this dude with the chocolate milk. Like, I, I hope Cole took that jersey and is just going to hang the chocolate milk stained jersey <laughs> in his house because I would. But let's talk about Cole and, like, the improvement of Cole because even last week, the week before, we've been talking that he's been inefficient, he's doing a better job at getting to the rim, but he's not shooting the ball well. So I ran the numbers. Last 10 games, Cole is, an- Cole is averaging 16.4 points, five rebounds, five and a half assists, shooting 45.7% from the floor, 40.5% from three. He's made 17 of 42 threes in that span. He's in the 75th percentile for all point guards from the three-point line in that span. He's finishing 59% of his attempts at the rim. Prior to the last 10 games, so the whole season up to the last 10 games, was shooting 33% from the three-point line and was making 51% of his attempts at the rim. So I have been talking that it just feels like he's getting to his spots whenever he wants and he's doing a better job at finishing at the rim. And the numbers back that up. I didn't realize he was shooting the basketball so much better, but he is. Mm-hmm. So the the efficiency concerns with Cole are definitely there. But if the last 10 games can be anywhere near like his ceiling, he he's definitely a volume guy. Like you called him a chucker plenty of times yeah but if he can be yeah. this efficient like the sky is the limit for the kid yeah and, and but like i said earlier i i think that his ability last night to get to the free throw line shot what 11 free throws went 10 for 11 i think from the line um goes 10 for 11 from the line i believe um hits the game winner it's just clicking on all cylinders. He's done really well. Last night wasn't great in the assist-to-turnover ratio department. I think he actually might have had a, one more turnover than assist. Um, but regardless, I mean, he was trying to make things happen. He's playing on a really bad team right now. Um, I, I I think that his efficiency will, will will hopefully get there. But if it doesn't, if he can supplement that with free throws, man, I mean, that's 10 extra points just from the free throw line. Um, so, and, and that is not anywhere near the amount of free throws he normally has been shooting. He averages. So if he can get to the line, if he attacks the basket, um, and, and can get to the free throw line, I think, like you said, the sky's the limit for him, but for another reason, just because of that, not necessarily if he can get his efficiency up. Yes. I hope he becomes more efficient, but, but this dude could be a problem if, if he figures out how to get to the line, starts getting calls, the older he gets, maybe the more, um, you know, privilege he has in the league and, 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 and being, you know, more than a veteran than a rookie. Um, and he'll learn more too. I mean, we've said it so many times, but last year, no summer league, no preseason dude just came in and has just been trying to get his feet under him. And, and he looks completely different than he did the last time, like before injury with Markel out. Markel went out. He got the. We knew he'd get the reps. He started to get the reps, and he's he he's he's improving. 
Um, but now it's different. I mean, I feel like we're watching him get better. I feel like before injury, I feel like that was his his preseason, you know, summer league. Like that was his his time um, to get better. And now he's 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 good, and he's got the mentality with it as well. I think that he's got all the tools. He's got everything that a coach can't coach. He just needs to get his efficiency up a little bit. Um, keep attacking the rim, and he'll get those foul calls. So I, I, I absolutely love this kid. So going back to January 20th against Minnesota, that first game winner that he hit. So before that, you know, he was starting to play pretty well. He was getting closer to that 20-game mark that we were really waiting for. But mm-hmm. after that game winner against Minnesota, he played in 10 games before the rib injury. And in six of those 10 games – he scored in double digits, and in a few of those games was 14 points, 21 points, 16, 16, 17. So the confidence boost that he received after hitting that game winner in Minnesota seems like it was legit. And right now, I mean, just, you know, you look at the last 10 days or last, last 10 games, averaging 16.4 points, had 26 points last night. The confidence is at an all-time high right now. Like, playing this level of yeah. basketball – at the highest level possible in the NBA, hitting the game winner, scoring 26 points, your career high, the way that he's talking after the game, which everybody loves. Like, Cole Anthony has never been more confident as a basketball player than he is right now, I think. So the last eight games, 50 is going to be a problem. I I really believe that scoring numbers are probably always going to be there as long as he's in a situation where he's getting the attempts. But do not let this kid get efficient. Going back to North Carolina, that was the the big issue people had with Cole was mm-hmm. that he was inefficient. Do not let this yeah, kid it, st- start shooting in the high 30s from three because that's going to open everything for him. Well, and that's the impressive thing to me, right? Like the reason he was discounted in college and the reason he probably fell in, in the draft in, in some capacity was because of his lack of efficiency. Now, if, if you credit that to he didn't have a good supporting cast, which you probably should. I mean, he 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 was you know getting double teamed. He was chucking in college. He had to. Now he plays on a team that is bad. Like the Magic are are not a good NBA team by those standards, and yet he is still getting better in his efficiency. So I think that is just a sign of maturity and getting you know more experience, and and that's what just comes with experience. Um, and, and that's what makes a a rookie's experience or, you know, a rookie's experience. But what I will say is with the team being so bad right now, like back when he hit the game winner, the team wasn't full tank mode. Um, and and even right after that. Right. But now the team is in full tank mode. They're signing dudes like Ignis. Um, they're making their way. They're getting rid of dudes. They're not resigning guys like Dante Hall. It all just tells me. These last games with Cole of the season are going to be fun. Cole is he is a chucker right now, and I think he always will be. It's just going to be a matter of if he can turn, you know, get that dial that efficiency up. Um, I think he'll always try to take a shot when he can, which is great. And the Magic need a shot maker, so if he can get that efficiency up, that's great. All that to say, he is going to be chucking the rest of the season. He knows. He knows I can do no wrong. The team stinks. Front office wants to lose. You know, and 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 Cliff is just having to deal with it, and and if I can get better, and you know, by putting up shot attempts, Cole Cole's gonna have another career high before the season ends. I think, 
Um, and I don't really think it's going to, you know, I, I don't think there's really a doubt in my mind that, that about that at all. Um, I think he could put up 30, 35, um, regardless of the win. I mean, the, even if the Magic are getting blown out, they're not going to set him. So, um, so yeah, I think we're in for quite a ride with, with Cole the rest of the season. I think he's going to give us some fun. I hope he gives us some fun because that means more interviews and the interviews are incredible. So, um, I, I think the rest of the season is going to be, Cole's going to be a bright spot. Well, your point, you know, to him kind of doing whatever he wants. I don't know that that will be the case when Cliff gets back, but the thing about Cliff right now is we don't know when he's coming back. Usually we see guys in the health and safety protocol this season. It's roughly about two weeks. Uh, I think he probably went into the health and safety protocol somewhere around like Thursday or, or Friday of not this past week, but the week before that when he first, you know, got the positive and then had two negatives and then another positive. Maybe he went in at that point. Maybe that was Friday or, or Saturday um, yeah. before. I think that was the, the Pacers game, if I'm remembering correctly. But we might not see Cliff again until like the later part of this week, maybe like Friday, Saturday or Sunday. What? So he potentially has, you know, what another see, uh, two or three games. What if we see like uh injury report and it's like Cliff um sore left ankle out for the game? Oh my <laughs> Stop. Stop. We put so much we put so much credit on 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 Cliff and we should for winning some of these games that the Magic shouldn't. Um obviously that's a joke, guys. Um that would never happen. However, that'd be hilarious and part of the tank movement. Um the front but, office is just like, yeah, no, I mean, you're not allowed to coach. Yeah, no, you're not coaching, actually. Um, and so, yeah, I, yeah, Cliff's not going to have many games left to coach, um, which could bode well for the Magic. So, we'll see. I think Tyrone Corbin has done a, a good job, but we'll definitely see. Something else that I wanted to bring up, Luke, is that it seems like on Twitter there's been a wave of recency bias when it pertains to – Cole Anthony versus Markel Fultz. Like, there's some talks. It's a I've seen it on Twitter. I've seen it on Facebook. People talking about next season, Cole Anthony starting over Markel Fultz. Is that possible? Can Does Cole have, you know, a healthy offseason? Is there a universe where he just kills it this offseason, kills it in the summer league, kills it in training camp, and then, Five games into next season, Cole Anthony is starting over Markel Fultz. Yes, there is a universe where that Here, happens, but it's it's the you you're not going to get this reference, but it's the Doctor Strange one scenario from Endgame. Luke doesn't understand that, but that's the universe where Cole Anthony is starting over Markel Fultz. But give me your your take on that, and well, let's try to argue this both ways because I don't know. Um. I get it. I understand, but I also understand recency bias, like you said, is a thing. It's a heck of a drug, as I've said to you many times. Um, there is a universe where Cole Anthony um, starts over Markel Fultz next year. That universe consists of Cole playing every summer league game, Cole playing preseason games, Markel still being out. We speculate that it could be a month into the season before Markel even comes back. So the universe is Cole plays his butt off, gets better, which he will. He will be better coming into next season. Um, even more confident, if that's even possible. More efficient. Understands how to get to the line. All that. It's possible. 
It's possible. A month into the season next year, if, if Cole is balling out and, and doing well and his efficiencies are through the roof to start the season, Cliff could be like, we're riding the hot hand. Sorry, Markel, you're coming off the bench. And, and Markel will come off the bench to start, I think. Just because they're easing him back, we're talking injury. about we're so talking about be... everybody fully healthy here. We're I don't want to get into technicalities because, like obviously, when Markel comes back from the ACL injury, he's not going to start right away. Like that. Well, no, no, no. I know that, but, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that 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 time will play into Cole getting better, and will play into Cole making improvements. I don't think that Cole is better is a better basketball player than Markel Fultz. However, I'm I'm extremely happy we're having this conversation. I'm happy that it's even in the Magic Twitter universe just because that means Cole has been better than you thought. Cole has been better than I thought he'd be. And so with what he's done, the fact that we can even have a segment on here called Cole versus Kel, basically, um, it's it's incredible. It's incredible to say the least. Cole's had a very impressive rookie year um, despite his numbers um, from the field and from three-point you know, his percentages. Two game winners in his rookie year. That's incredible, and not many rookies get that opportunity. Um, so yeah, I I think that that the universe does exist where where he starts over Markel um, at some point next year, but I I, I think that it's slim. Um, I mean, I'd have we'd have to really break it down, and I'm sure if we get to that point, we will. We'll have a whole episode dedicated to that probably in the off season or after summer league games or whatever it seems. You know, we're going to be watching, you know, Cole Anthony like a hawk. So um, I think it's possible, but I, I don't think that it will be the reality. I hope that it gets to the point where it's like splitting hairs between the two. That would be incredible. That means we've got two really talented young guards on the team. So you basically made the, the case for Cole basically, I mean, as good as anyone can. So I'm going to try to make the case for Kel. So going back right. to the, the, um, the first game of the season last year against the Cavaliers, at Amway, or one of, one of the first games of the year. Maybe it wasn't the the opener. Okay. Cole, Kel, excuse me, Kel made this pass, this wraparound pass from the wing to Jonathan Isaac right underneath the basket that it just didn't seem physically possible for somebody to be able to, to throw the ball from where he released it to to get it to Jonathan Isaac. Now, John Collins made a heck of a recovery, ended up blocking the shot, but... I think we are starting to forget and to discount the level of passer and playmaker and just orchestrator of an offense that Markel Fultz is. It's now been almost four months since we've seen Markel Fultz play basketball, and we've seen four months of Cole Anthony rapidly improving. Like, he's gotten... I did not think he was going to be this good at this point in the season based off of the first 15, 18 games that we saw. That being said, I think that Kel has as close to elite of a skill as you can have. You, A lot of people would argue that Jonathan Isaac is the only player on this team that right now has an elite skill set in his defensive ability. Cole's playmaking ability, in my opinion, is just like a notch under elite. Like, it is absolutely phenomenal. Match that with he's Markel every bit Cole. of Markel. Did I say Cole? You said this Cole, is a yeah, Kel, yeah. Kel versus sure Cole. So Markel's playmaking is top tier in my opinion. That's what I'm trying to say. Match that with he's right, bigger yeah. than Cole. He's every bit of athletic right now. I think he is the better defender out of the two of them. 
people, when we're talking about Markel and his jump shot, whether or not that's ever going to come to fruition, the thing that I always go back to is two years ago at this point, three years ago at this point, people thought Markel was going to be a complete bust, that he was never going to be able to shoot a jump shot whatsoever, wasn't able to shoot free throws, wasn't able to lift his arm, wasn't able to do any of these things. The fact that now he is one of the better mid-range shooters in the league, three-point percentage this year I think was around like 25%, which obviously is not great. Only played eight games this year, but was shooting 89% from the free throw line. Anybody that you talk to, free throw percentage is the most indicative thing of like projecting a player's future shooting ability. Is he ever going to be a 39-40% shooter from the three-point line? Probably not. But if Markell can get anywhere near 35% from the three-point line, the league average, it is going to be a wrap for the league. Cole Anthony, phenomenal at getting to his spots, finishing over contact, everything like that. As good as he has gotten lately, Markell, in my opinion, is still leaps and bounds ahead of Cole as far as getting to the rim, finishing, and everything like that. Markell, we've talked about this, gets to the rim whenever he wants, and a lot of people were so frustrated because Markell would just not take over. He would defer to guys like Evan and Vooch and Terrence Ross and Aaron Gordon. But when he flipped the switch and said, no, I'm getting to the basket right now, there's no stopping him. I don't think Cole is at that level. I think he could get there, but I don't think he's at that level yet. Again, match that with the the size that Markel has, the playmaking ability that Markel has. I still see Markel as the better prospect, but that is because I am bullish on his ability to become at least an average three-point shooter. He's had this entire ACL recovery period. The only thing that he's going to be doing is able to shoot jump shots until he's able to do more on-the-court stuff. Mm-hmm. He's continuing to work on the shoulder and everything like that, like, Nobody thought that Markel was going to be able to shoot jump shots. When he had videos leaked on Twitter two summers ago, Magic Twitter almost completely broke down because Markel was shooting jump shots. Just shooting them. Yeah. He made a couple of them. I think there was like a a total of three jump shots that he hit that we saw videos of. But we were freaking out at the fact that he was shooting mid-range jump shots. So I am not betting against Markel Fultz that he is able to put in the work to become a decent free throw, three-point shooter, all of this stuff. So I'm still bullish on on Markel becoming a, a good shooter, still being the better player. I think that's where you and I largely are at. I don't think you are as bullish on him becoming a decent shooter as I am, but I think we would both agree that right now Markel is still the better player in the talk about Cole starting over a healthy Markel right now is is kind of crazy to me. Yeah, I mean it just comes down to the fact that Markel's played more NBA games than Cole Anthony. I mean, Cole's played like what 30 38 39 games this year. Markel played 72 just last year. So, um so yeah, I mean it's he just got more the, the one thing Cole has over Markel I think is that he's a better rebounder. Cole's a better rebounder. I mean, he's already averaging more than one more than Markel Fultz um, this year um, than Markel has. You know, I think he's averaging like 4.5 is what it, Yeah, so he's averaging 4.6 rebounds. Kel's, Kel averages 
um, you know, 3.1, 3.3, um, around there. So both of them, I'd love to see their assist numbers come up. They, they, they are both still very much in the potential stage. Um, Markel is further along, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and I guess where we kind of land it, Jonathan is we both think that he's, you know, Markel is the better prospect right now, but wouldn't rule out that Cole Anthony can get there because Cole Anthony is a great player. And like I also said, this is a this is an incredible conversation that we have that we get to have. I love that we're able to have this conversation. I'm glad that it's not, you know, Markel is is so far beyond Cole because Cole, you know, only averages five a game and 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 and, and shoots, you know, 25 percent from the field. Like it's just a completely different conversation than I thought we'd have um, about Cole this soon into his career. Um, and I think once he gets some games under his belt, I mean, he's going to surprise people. He, it might get to the point where it's a very close conversation, a close debate. And when the Magic drafted Cole Anthony, some people are like, whoa, what do the Magic think of Markel Fultz? And a lot of people were like, well, hold on, pump the brakes. There's a, a universe where these guys could play together. And I, f- I feel even more confident about that now than I did at the draft or a few months ago. I definitely believe that Markel and Cole Anthony would be able to play together. Like Cole is, you know, shown flashes of the shot making ability, the three point shooting ability. I think he'll get better this summer, but I definitely think the the two of them could could certainly play together at some point. So, last thing that we want to talk about, Luke, is should the Magic tank? And a lot of people are like, duh, they already are tanking. But I'm more so referring to an article that Josh Robbins put out a few days ago, where he basically went in on like a deep dive of that question and whether or not the Magic should really like flip the switch and just go full tank mode because they haven't really done that yet. So what Josh is suggesting is that the Magic should should sit James Ennis the rest of the year, continue to keep Terrence Ross and Otto Porter Jr. out, rest Gary Harris and others on the first or second night of back-to-backs, be super overprotective of O'Kel, uh, Okiki's, O'Kel, Okiki's left ankle, basically have him out for the rest of the year, and then also be careful with Wendell Carter Jr. You know, he's rolled his ankle a couple of times the last few weeks. So as much as people are saying the Magic are tanking, it still feels like there are chess moves that could be made. You look at the Rockets deciding that John Wall is just not going to play for the rest of the year. The Thunder basically decided that Shea Gilgis-Alexander was not going to play for the rest of the year. Al Horford for the Thunder, they decided that like a couple of months ago that he was not going to play for the rest of the year to let guys develop, but also, like, they're blatantly tanking. So there are still things that the Magic could do to get even worse than they are now, and I feel like they should. Like, as just despicable as it might be, the the Thunder were down by 60 freaking points the other night. Like, that's as bad as it gets, man. Yeah, and they're going to lose tonight, too, to the Suns. They're down 15 in the third. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they lost to the Pacers 152 to 95. <laughs> uh, obviously, regulation. Um, 152 points, dude. I mean, that's wow. Um, I don't think that the Magic will get as intent. Like, yes, we all know they're tanking based on the recent things we talked about in the pod, but I don't think it'll get. They'll do it as blatantly as the Thunder are doing it, or even the Rockets. I don't think that they're going to say, come out and say, yeah, they're not playing the rest of the year. Right, like they just might keep showing up on injury reports, as they should. Um, 
But I, I mean, I, I don't mind if WCJ gets held out, but I would like to see him play a little bit more. And I think he'd like to have a little bit more run too. Um, it's just every game counts in terms of, you know, their progression. Guys like Otto, you know, T. Ross, James Ennis, Gary Harris, like the only one from that group of like veterans is Gary Harris that could improve because the dude needs to improve his efficiency incredibly. Um, and needs to get back into a rhythm um, to get back where he was a few years ago. So um, I'd love to see the young guys continue to play, even WCJ. Um, these guys play on, play on sore ankles all year. So um, so I would like to see him continue to play. But other than that, I mean, that's fine. Keep out keep out T. Ross and, and, and Ennis and, and all those guys. Um, that's fine. But, yeah, I, I don't think it will ever get as blatant as what we're seeing with Houston and OKC, um, which could hurt them um, and probably will. But, yeah. We'll, we'll see. Well, I think going back to the tankathon that we just ran like, you know, 30, 40 minutes ago now, where you saw three teams jump into the top four, like that, in my opinion, is all that you need to know when you're talking about winning games, losing games on purpose, whatever yeah. the case may be. Like, no matter how small the odds are, anything can happen when you roll the dice or you, you you throw the ping pong balls in there, whatever you want to call it. It's it's one run. And history has shown us time and time again anything can happen. You look at the magic, you know, winning the, the lottery in mm-hmm. in ninety two and, and getting Shaq. Very next year, ninety three, yep. get the number one overall pick. You trade Chris Weber for Penny Hardaway and a bunch of picks. You look at what happened to the Cavaliers in like the early twenty tens winning the the lottery with Anthony Bennett and Kyrie and Andrew Wiggins. Like, we've seen teams time and time again jump into the top four. You look at Sacramento in 2018, could have drafted Luka Doncic but took Marvin Bagley. But it happens. Teams jump up. It seems like every year there's one team at least that ends up jumping into the top four. And it this is just all random. That That's what it comes down to. Obviously, going into it, you're going to feel a lot better about your odds if you have higher odds, but how many times do we have to see, you know, teams get lucky, other teams get screwed, whatever the case may be like the Pelicans, the Pelicans weren't, you know, Pelicans jumped to number one to, to okay. get Zion for, you know, like right. the Knicks were like, please give us Zion. <laughs> like he was going to be the savior of, of the Knicks. And that's just Plot another twist example. Is Julius Randall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Zion light pretty much. Yeah. But, <laughs> But, yeah, man, I mean, in my opinion, the Magic should do what Josh is describing in this article. Like, the Magic yeah. really should just be cutthroat. And, yeah, you want to see these guys play? I want to see them play, too. Guess what? I'll see them play next year. Because we got eight games left. In my opinion, like, the the time to do this was not, you know, two weeks ago or three weeks ago when you had, you know, 15 games left or 20 games left or whatever the case may be. But we're down to eight games. We got four games this week, four games next week, and then that's it. So, if you're talking about biting the bullet for two weeks, even if you go to Steve Clifford, who is absolutely against tanking and wants to build habits and do things the right way, and how can you argue with a guy like that? But if I'm Jeff Weltman, I'm, I'm looking at him, Steve, we're talking about two weeks here, buddy. Just give me two weeks. And then, like, next year, I, I don't think we're going to be in a position where we're going to say, all right, let's actively tank. But last two weeks of the season, eight games left, you're literally staring the bottom three right in the eye, literally tomorrow. 
Like when we play the Pistons tomorrow, if we lose to the Pistons, big. we're back in the top three immediately. And then you hold a tiebreaker over them. So even if you win another game this year and you finish tied with Detroit, you would hold well, they would hold a tiebreaker as far as a wins perspective. So they would get bumped up. The magic would get bumped down by default. And then you're looking at another game where we play Minnesota next week. So or Sunday. This week we play Minnesota. So the the time to to get ruthless and get cutthroat, the time is now because th- this week in my opinion like is the rest of the season with Detroit and Minnesota. Like next week I know you play Philadelphia twice. Do we play Milwaukee? I don't remember. I'm going to yeah. pull up the the schedule here, but yeah, like next week it. it's uh, yeah, this so week it, is everything. Yeah, it's Pistons uh, Boston, Charlotte, Minnesota. Minnesota is next Sunday. Um, then you've got Bucks, Hawks, Sixers, Sixers. You're going. You're going one in three at the absolute best. And that's if the Sixers sit some players at the last two games of the season, which they could. Um, yeah. So I, uh, you gotta, you gotta lose all these games this week. Hold out all those guys this week, and then the last week team's not good enough even with people healthy like whatever if you want to just play them just to play them whatever but yeah i think this week you got to hold everybody out it's 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 getting down to the wire jonathan and um all, all losses will matter here so i don't see well so this is a little bit dangerous because milwaukee is basically at the point where they've secured the three seed like they're yeah. definitely not catching up to the nets and i don't think yeah like the knicks are not going to catch the bucks so like that game, we could see a lot of the Buck starters get rested potentially, but the 76ers are right there, like they're neck and neck with the Nets for the one seed. Like the Bucks just beat the Nets, so the Nets drop from the one seed down to the two seed. Like they're one game back in the loss column. Yeah, and and, so, and the the good news is though this week, Pistons, you got to beat them or lose to them. They beat them, meaning win in terms of the scenario. Not actually beat them. You have to lose. Um, Celtics are fighting for their lives because they don't want to be in the play-in right now. They're seventh, and they're they're actually tied. They're tied for no, they're sixth. So they're tied for seventh. Or they, you know, Miami is the same record as them at seven. Um, so they're trying to stay out of that play-in, being the seventh seed. They're going to be, you know, playing for their lives. Um, and then you got the Hawks who are. You know, similar scenario. I mean, they're what? Let's see. Hawks, the Hawks. are fighting for home court. They're right there yeah. at five. They're right half game up on Knicks. Boston, so they're all kind of in the same little scenario where they're going to be scratching and clawing, trying to get home court, stay out of plan. This week really could be a perfect week uh, if the Magic started out on the right foot and lose the Pistons. And and Charlotte is right there too. Like you right. definitely want to try to stay out of nine and ten because then instead of having to win, you know, one game, then you have to win you know, two games potentially if you end up eight versus seven. So all of the teams that were playing this week out, well, really Boston and Charlotte. uh, But then next week, like Milwaukee is might rest their guys, but the Hawks are still fighting. The 76ers are still fighting. So like if you lose to Detroit and Minnesota, you have a really good shot at like losing out the rest of the way here. And as much as it would suck, like we, we've been talking about this since, you know, February, you know, like there was a, like a, a few game stretch there towards the end of February, it was like this is this is the season. If you start winning games here, 
you can talk yourself into being competitive for the playoffs, but we didn't. We lost and decided to blow everything up at the trade deadline. And, and now we're kind of forced with the same scenario. Like if you, we were like, okay, let's just suck for two months and then run it back and we'll be fine. Like those people that were talking about, you know, trading Evan and Aaron and holding on to Vooch. But now we're like, I was, I was fine with losing for two months. You're telling me we got to lose for two weeks and we have a better chance at ending up in the top three. Yeah. Sign me up, homie. Yeah. Sign me up because I can already picture it now driving to the Buffalo Wild Wings. That's approximately 14 minutes from my house. Sitting there with an ice cold Mick Ultra on June twenty second, mm-hmm. looking up at those big bright LED screens, and the Magic ending up with like the sixth or the seventh pick, and <laughs> me just chucking the the mug across the bar and getting kicked out. <laughs> or I'm looking up at those screens saying, "Please God, please God, please God, please God," and then the Magic ending up with the top three pick, and me just going absolutely insane, like a madman in that place, thanking the, the good magic, Lord for everything that magic- he's done in my life. It, if the Magic got the number one pick, I I don't know if I knew if I know how to act. I'd be acting I, reckless. Reckless. I'm I'm just gonna hold you my t- pass rate in that bar. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, I I do think about that a lot, obviously. And uh, man, number one pick, that'd be pretty. Let me crazy. ask you. Let me ask you something here. And this is going to be controversial. I know it's going to be controversial. Do you want the okay. first pick or do you want the second pick? I want the first. I so trust you want the Kate over Jalen Green? I just I don't see a way that anyone outside of Cade Cunningham goes number one. It just regardless no, I, of what I, you think of the prospects, like it just yeah. seems like every like all the smart people are saying that. And they know more than we do. It seems like all the smart people are saying that. It just seems inevitable. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I'm cool with Cade. <laughs> I'm very cool with Cade being on the Magic. I don't care. Like, I mean, obviously. If the, the, magic, the Magic front office and, and, and the scouts that are in, in the NBA, like, there's a reason he's number one. Like you said, they're smarter than us. There's a reason he's number one. And, yes, like, you know, I, and, I, and the Magic aren't going to get peer pressured. If they truly believe that Jalen Green is better than Cade, they will do it. They didn't have a problem taking Chuma Okiki at the pick two years ago when everybody's like, wait, what the heck are they doing? They didn't have a problem taking Cole Anthony last year when everybody else was talking about other people, other players. Um, That's a front office that doesn't care if they go against the grain. If they feel like Jalen Green was the guy for them, they will take him. They're not going to let anybody rob them of that. They've done it. They've been to so many games. I don't mind it. If you, if you're number one, take whoever. If you, if they took Jalen at one, I'd be like, that's fine. I trust them. Um, but either one of them, I don't. I'm not going to complain. Better than being the freaking five pick and a Bulls getting a top four pick. I mean, like, there's a lot worse things that could happen than having to choose between Jalen Green and Kate Cunningham. There is no possible way that Jalen Green gets picked with the number one pick even if the magic end up with it you know why because they will find some sucker at two or at three this it (laughs) it could be like a marco fultz jason tatum scenario where the where the 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 seven or the celtics trade down from one to three still end up with their guy you get whatever it takes to get up to number one at that point if the magic end up with number one i would totally be okay with them trading down to two or three and still ending up with Jalen Green. 
what I saw out of Jalen Green get, told me yeah. that he's going to be an elite NBA player. I, I saw that in spurts out of Cade, but I, in my opinion, especially towards like the later part of the G League Ignite season, now they played 18 games in the in the G League's you know league. Right. We saw you know 20 plus college games from Cade Cunningham. And the five, six games I watched out of Cade, every single time it was like, why is this guy not taking over? Like on the college floor, why is this guy not taking over? With Jalen Green, it made sense because you're on the floor with other prospects. You're on the floor with NBA veterans like Jarrett Jack and you know other Amir Johnson, guys like that. So I was like, okay, I, I understand why this kid is kind of deferring because this isn't you know Kyrie on, on the, the Blue Devils. It's not... Kevin Durant on the Texas Longhorns like when you're playing with professionals you kind of have to conduct yourself a little bit you're playing with you know players of a higher caliber but every Oklahoma State game I watched I was like the way that Cade is playing is a detriment to this team the fact that he doesn't have the ball in his hands every single play either just running the offense finding open guys or saying guess what I'm just going to score and nobody can stop me that that lost Oklahoma State quite a few games this year and he had a habit of turning things on in the second half and you know taking over when he absolutely needed to but guess what if you do that for 40 minutes in a college game maybe you guys are up 12 or 15 points in the second half and you don't have to go crazy so there were things that I saw from K that were just like hmm like that's really weird to me and why the other guys in Oklahoma State didn't realize that he was the guy and how they should just give him the ball every single play and you know, find the open spot on the floor, just get out of his way. I don't understand why that didn't happen. And I think had we seen Jalen Green in a college setting, I think we would be having a different conversation. And I think Jalen Green would be the guy. The people that argue for Cade, it's, you know, his defensive versatility. He's already got a good feel for the game on that end. And he's he's got, you know, possibly transcendental playmaking ability as far as his vision and his passing and everything like that goes so that's that's the argument for for Cade you know some people have compared him to Luca I don't see the Luca comparison but like when I see Jalen Green I see Tracy McGrady 2.0 that that's what I see and as a Magic fan like if you're watching this video I'm licking my chops yeah I get it but I'm not going to be mad if they take Kate over Jalen um, at one, obviously. Um, just he's 6'8", dude. Like he's 6'8", shoots 40% from three, scores 20 a game last year, 1.6 steals a game, almost one block a game. Uh, they're both great players, and there's a reason they are top of the discussion, man. But Cade's just like, he's 6'8". That's a big boy. Like that is a big boy who can also shoot guard every position. The I don't. I'm not too concerned about the motor. I understand where you're coming from. Um, and you know, for the sake of of time of the show, we've been going for a while. But um, yeah, we can just leave it at that. I, I I'm not gonna be upset if uh, if Cade is in the Orlando Magic pinstripes next year um, over Jalen. I'll take either of them gladly. I'm not. I'm not in a position to to get choosy. <laughs> Jalen Green is six six. Just throwing that out there. He's he's a big boy. And stuff. <laughs> okay. I mean, he's slender frame. They both no, are big boys. Big boy. Big boys. Yeah. Anyways, uh, pause. Um. So yeah, <laughs> we're we're gonna wrap it up here. You can't go wrong. You know either way. But 
Like, if we end up at two, I'm going to be every bit as excited as I will be if we end up in number one. Like, Cade, Jalen. Oh, I mean, no question. Like, you really can't go wrong. No like, question. You get your pick. Like, yeah, you can't be yeah. upset about that at all. Yeah. So, like, just get me in the top two or three. It, this man. just comes just back to every year, my heart settles on one guy, and then it's just like, I'm, you know, I'm a faithful guy. Like, once, once you're my guy, you're my guy. There's, there's no getting away from that. But, uh, so anyways, Luke, so we talked about upcoming games this week. So, Monday at Detroit, Wednesday versus Boston. I will be in the building. That's going to be one of two, um, home games remaining for the Magic. Friday at Charlotte, and then Sunday versus Minnesota will be the last. Magic home game of the season. All four of those games next week, Hawks, Bucks, 76ers. I think that's like a Friday and Sunday. They'll be in uh, Philadelphia for like three days. All of those games will be on the road. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but just came in. Jalen Brown just hopped back to the locker room on one leg, unable to put any weight on his left leg. Um, yeah. Uh, Jason Tatum. Apparently he and Jason Tatum collided. And Jason wow. Tatum just uh, under his own power, but with a limp, um, walked as well. So uh, that's pretty big news coming up into the week here. Um, if the Celtics don't have one of Brown or both and Tatum, so it's going to be the both. Evan Fournier revenge like game, was, baby. Jeez, but uh, yeah, I mean, great chance that they both sit out for whatever. Um, granted, they're trying to fight for a spot, like we said. So, yeah, those guys can see. Play I don't play. know if Jalen Brown's gonna. Yeah, I don't know if Jalen Willie, you know, wasn't even able to walk off under his own power, but we'll see. Well, hopefully, he's all right. Sometimes you have like, you know, the knees collide. A lot of times, that's the worst thing ever, where your leg just goes completely dead. But hopefully, it'll be okay. But anything else, Luke? No, that's it. Let's lose some basketball games. Wrecked feels bad that we're at this point but that is true so for luke this has been jonathan you guys have been listening to the six man show and we will catch you guys next time see ya thanks for listening to the six man show be sure to subscribe on itunes spotify google play and stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review it would really help us out a lot Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic.